Hey, Josh Felber here from Making Bank. Uh, today's guest, he's generated over a billion dollars in revenue for his business. Almost everyone has heard of this company, and he's going to dive into some of the biggest challenges, how he was over $5 million in debt, had multiple lawsuits, and just trying to acquire his IP that somebody else basically took from him, as well as teach you how to become bold, help you figure out how you could become the best you uh, by making boldness your superpower. So make sure you check out today's episode with Fred Joyle of 1-800-DENTIST. Hey guys, if you love freedom, Second Amendment, the Constitution, if you're a husband, a dad, a father, whatever that may be, and you're, you, you carry as well as maybe um, a prepper or backpacking, whatever that is for you, go check out tacticalgearmarket.com. Tactical Gear Market has everything that you need, whether it's EDC holsters, backpacks, eyewear, uh, hear, hearing protection, whatever that is, uh, so you can have an awesome day out at the range as well as making sure that you're prepared for anything that's going to come your way. So again, check out tacticalgearmarket.com and that's the place for you to go. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited and honored for today's guest. Fred Joyle is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and business advisor. He co-founded the most successful dentist referral service in the country, and everybody's probably heard of it, 1-800-DENTIST. He has Previously written two books on marketing, has dabbled in stand-up and improv comedy, acted in bad movies and excellent TV commercials. His latest book, Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, is an Amazon and Wall Street Journal bestseller. Just a fun fact, he once beat Sir Richard Branson in chess and was also a question on Jeopardy. He is an avid cyclist and below average tennis player and even worse, golfer like myself. <laughs> He lives in Los Angeles, so I'm super excited to welcome Fred Joyle to Making Bank. Josh, I'm excited to be here. Let's get it on. Awesome, man. Well, give us, I mean, obviously you're a successful entrepreneur. What, uh, when did you get started? It, you know, was this kind of like as a kid and you were hustling and doing things growing up or like when did it really kick off for you? I wasn't very ambitious. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to write. Uh, and I, so I had all sorts of stupid jobs just to make some money and then to travel some more and stuff. And then one day in my, my late twenties, I walked into an ad agency in Los Angeles and I said, Oh, this is my tribe. These are my people. <laughs> I could do this for a living. And so, uh, it took me six months to get a job. There was a night school that taught advertising writing, which was taught by creative directors, working creative directors, which was a, an amazing opportunity because I didn't know how to write advertising. I, I thought I knew how to write, uh, but this this was just a fabulous, uh, full indoctrination into the business. But the, the thing I knew about myself was I, I didn't like working for people. I was not a great employee, even when I liked what I was doing. <laughs> uh, and so 
I knew I had to start a business and then this opportunity just came up. Somebody had the phone number, a friend of mine, and he said, I think you could make a business out of this, you know, you know, get dentists to do something. He's like, had a vague idea of how to do it. And he said, you know how to write advertising. Maybe you could do it. So another friend of mine wanted to quit his job as a stockbroker because he was tired of losing money for people just to make a living. And so we just, we were young and naive enough to think we could pull it off knowing nothing about dentistry (laughs) and never having started a business before. But, you know, it it became much bigger than we ever thought. My personal coach asked me recently, he said, so how much did you make overall? If you add up all the revenue in the 25 years you ran the business. And, and I thought about it and I said, wow, it's, it's like a billion one in total. So awesome. he said, do you realize how few people have generated that much revenue? And I said, yeah, but, but I spent a billion too. So it's, a <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, somebody, nobody told me to hang on to it. I thought it was going to go on forever. That was, that was the naive entrepreneur in me. It was like, oh, this is just going to keep going on. And it went on way longer than we thought and probably should have, but Google eventually disintermediated the business model. Uh, so in, when I sold it, I sold it for a, a pittance at the end, but it was, it was a great business and a great life and a great group of people that worked there, which was made it fun for, for me and my partner to run the business. That's awesome. Well, you know, and obviously not knowing sometimes is, is the best thing, you know, when you're, when you're first starting. If you knew how hard it was going to be, you wouldn't do it, right? (laughs) If you knew all the things that were going to go wrong, you would say, no, that seems insane to put yourself through that. But once you're in you're you know, you, the best thing that happens to an entrepreneur is you can't get out. Mm. You have to figure out how to make it work. You either owe too much money to your family because you started it or you've signed personally on a lease uh, for five years and all of that stuff. And and you got to figure it out. So because uh, otherwise you just bail at a certain point. You go like, this is this is too crazy. This is too challenging. I'm, I need to work for I need a paycheck. You know? Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That's now. What, so what were some obviously? You generated a ton of revenue, you know, with one eight hundred uh, dentists. What were some of the biggest challenges that you guys really ran into? Obviously, we always have them as entrepreneurs, but what were, what were some of those kind of ones you're like, oh crap, I don't even know if we're going to be able to <laughs> open the doors tomorrow? Kind of episodes. Well, the the first big challenge we had we had several things along the way that that were huge, like life threatening challenges. One of them was the first thing that we did was the contract that we had with the dentist was we basically sold territories mm-hmm. and we had that because we didn't know what they were going to get for patients. And and once we ran that model for a couple of years, we said, wow, the territory model doesn't work at all because we got one guy getting 50 patients and another guy getting five and they're both paying a thousand dollars a month. And so we had to blow up the model and say, look, you're going to get an average number of patients per month. You're not, you don't own the land anymore. They Mm. loved owning the territory. So 98 of the hundred guys went along with it and two of them sued us and they were life-threatening lawsuits until we got a better lawyer. We, you know, and this is this, there's nothing more expensive than an inexpensive lawyer. Right. um, (laughs) Because they don't win. But we switched attorneys and within four days, settled the lawsuit reasonably. Yeah. 
He just changed the whole dynamic of it. So big lesson number one, know that at some point you're going to have to to change your model and always be cognizant of that and use a good lawyer. It's, 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 you know, don't try to save money on lawyers. Mm, Uh, Yes. That's, (laughs) you know, because the other guy is not saving money on lawyers. He's, he's out to win. That was the the first step. The other thing is that the guy who owned the 800 number licensed it to us and we had a contract with him and we were in constant dispute with this guy, despite the fact that we were making him wealthy for, and he did nothing. And eventually he wouldn't give us the domain name when the domain name came out and we went to arbitration and the arbitrator said, no, you have to give him the domain name. You didn't buy a phone number. You bought a trademark under that trademark. Anything new that develops like the domain name is theirs. So, and he still wouldn't give it to us even after the ruling. Oh, he geez. sort of, he, <laughs> he framed it within his own website, which, which wouldn't play with, this is going into agent history, but if you had a framed website, it it wouldn't play in AOL, which was 50% of the users. The <laughs> right <time>. back then. <laughs> AOL. Most people don't even know what the hell AOL is no. right now. Unless you see the email every once in a while. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, and you just you call the guy up and go, it's time. You need to get rid of the AOL. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I like it so much. and this, Everybody knows it. it's like, yeah, they know it and they laugh at you. So we eventually launched a separate brand a separate domain name because this, we were worried you know in in 1999 everybody the the conventional wisdom is the internet's going to wipe any telephone business off the map and so we said look we have to do a massive pivot so we did and then and we had to bring in uh an investment partner which we'd never done before and they bailed after we had made millions of dollars of advertising commitments oh. and started to launch this thing, they bailed just as everybody bailed in, in the internet crash in 2000, right. 2001. Yep. And so we were, we were left holding the bag on, on $5 million of media debt. Mm. And, and, and we were in another litigation with our licensee, our licensor. And so I said to my attorney, who was a really good attorney, I said, why can't we blame him for that $5 million? And he said, what do you mean? I said, I would, if I didn't, if I had my domain, I would already have $20 million of advertising running with my domain name in it, along with the phone number. I'd have them both in there. I wouldn't have spent the $5 million. And he said, Mm. I can sell that. And we won that litigation completely and utterly. Wow. Because of it. And he lost the phone. He he owed us at the end. The arbitrator said, "You owe him twelve million dollars," <laughs> and he didn't have it. He had to give us the phone number. Yeah. So, uh, but but we were. I I was trying to. I offered him to pay. I offered to double his licensing fee to get out of the litigation, and he refused. And and which would have, which was more than I was making, more than my partner and I were making together. We offered him just that's to get out crazy, of it. and I I couldn't even I couldn't even afford my attorney. And my attorney said, "Do not settle this because you can't afford me. We'll figure out how to pay me later." Hmm. And he said, "We will we'll fight this." So once again, a good attorney. But we we got down to, you know, we, we owed all this media and we had just a tremendous relationship 
with the TV stations because we bought year round from them. Mm. And uh, I'll never forget one of the, I'm going off on a different story, but it's a, that's it's okay. A, important story in terms in terms of business sure is this station manager in san francisco at kgo in san francisco bill bocce galupi is his name he calls me and he says fred now he says we've been buying 15 years from this guy and he said he says you owe me like a million <laughs> right <laughs> he said all all i need to know is are you gonna pay me and I said, Bill, I'll die before I don't pay you, but I guarantee you I'll pay you, but I guarantee you it won't be on time. He says, I don't care about that. I just want, I, I want to know I'm going to get paid because I'm going in to my board and I'm going to say, we're keeping your credit. Because if they took my credit, it reverberates through the whole country that I've lost my credit with with KABC, with the ABC station in San Francisco. And all of a sudden my credit, which I had 90 days of float on all this media, on, on five, $6 million of media, if it went 90 days in the other direction, I was out of business in three mm, years. Yeah. So he kept my credit and we paid him off. And they lost m tens of millions of dollars with all these internet companies that went bust like pets.com and all of these companies right. that launched spent millions and millions of dollars of advertising and then just went completely belly up and they left stations all across the country holding the bag. And he got to go in there and said, and say to the board, when I was all paid up, he said, I told you he would pay all these <laughs> other guys screwed us. But these guys, 800 dentists paid their bills. And, but he saved my business. One guy with one decision saved my business because we were done. And it's, that's the importance of relationships in, oh, yeah. in business. It's like we, we had a personal relationship where he didn't shut me off. He called me and took my word for it. These things are, are, are there will be a time when the relationship will matter more than anything else. For sure. And it has it, nothing to do with my book that I'm writing now, but I mean, it's like, <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Either way, but it's like, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, and obviously, you know, handling and dealing with all that, you know, creates a lot of boldness in your life <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And what I obviously you have a book coming out or it just launched, I think. Yeah, it actually came out in October of oh, last year. Oh, last year. Okay. And so kind of give us a little bit of insight. Obviously, it's called Super Bold. And, you know, from underconfident to charismatic in 90 days, um, give us a little insight of the book and why'd you write it? Yeah. And so uh, I wrote the book because, you know, in the next chapter of my life, I, I said, what do I, what's the thing that I learned that was the most valuable that I want to communicate? And it was that boldness is a superpower. Mm. And I started off as an incredibly shy, underconfident person. And it took me decades to really work it out, but I did it very gradually and painfully by <laughs> just being uncomfortable in all these situations till I get comfortable, until I get better, until I get to the point where I could walk on a stage with 5,000 people and just have a good time and, and, you know, get great information across and be very entertaining and barely break a sweat. And I, you know, and it, that doesn't happen overnight, but it took way too long for me. So 
I said, how did I do this? And that's when I decided to write the book. And I had told some high school kids at a, at a weekend seminar where I was one of the mentors that came in and I had a little presentation on my life lessons. Uh, and one of the things was that boldness is a superpower and it will open doors that you can't imagine and, and will create the most fulfilling life. And they said, yeah, that's great. How do we do that? <laughs> and I said, oh, all right, <laughs> I got to tell you how I did it. And that, so that's when I really started to break down what a, a systematic way that anyone can step by step build their boldness and confidence. And it comes from the same principles that improv comedy is taught, where you start non-verbally, actually, and work your way gradually up to the point where you can create a scene right there on stage. But it was meant for for people who hesitate and miss opportunities, which is all of us. You know, we all have what I call situational confidence. There's certain situations where we're confident, mm, you yeah. know, with our family, with, you know, with friends and stuff like that. And, and then also, and then there's this discomfort zone where our confident fades. And most of the time, this is when it matters most to us. Do we ask for a promotion? Do we quit this job? Do we start a business? Do we walk across the room and introduce ourselves to that great looking man, great looking woman, potential investor, potential mentor? That's when we, the confidence crumbles. And, and so that's when you need to know how to summon your boldness and have built your boldness muscle. So the book is about building your boldness muscle for when you need it and when it matters most. And it will change everything in your life. That's excellent. What? Um, so obviously, you said you were, you know, a shy person, kind of introvert, and everything. What? What were those kind of those steps that you put together for somebody to kind of break out of that and and, and you know ha create this bold superpower? Well, you know, and it's starting a business will do that because we had to go door to door. We had to beat the streets to find the first hundred dentists. We, this wasn't like a time when you could just, oh, I'm going to run some Facebook ads and get, get and do a bunch <laughs> yeah. of B2B advertising. You get it. It's like, this was unheard of what we were doing. So we had, I'm going around with this little cassette player playing the radio spots to these dentists saying, these are the radio spots we're going to run. We'll give you all the patients in your territory that call from this. And it's only a thousand dollars a month, thousand dollars a month. Holy crap. <laughs> so, uh, and because they had just started to advertise at the time. Right. Um, and so I, I had to endure, you know, we, we talked to, I don't know, maybe to get our first 20, we probably talked to five or 600 dentists, mm. um, at, at, who just told us, you're ruining the profession with what you're doing. This is terrible. This will never work, whatever. Get off my, get, get out of my office. Um, and you develop a thick skin because you got to get the guys, you got you got to get the customers and, and you start to realize it's like, I don't need everybody. I just need these 20 guys to get started. And then you just, you realize that Every, everything worth doing has risk associated with it, which means it has failure associated with it. If you're trying to never fail, that will be your greatest failure. And so when you, when you put yourself in an uncomfortable position, when you act boldly without the confidence, 
it builds your confidence. Mm. That that's really the mystery that that I un unraveled is that wow I don't have to be confident I just have to be bold and I just have to commit to acting, and the confidence will come from su the successful boldness or even from trying and failing. Bold people are really comfortable with trying and failing because to them it's just a step up. It feels way better than not trying. Whereas other people are like, no, the safest thing is to not try. I feel really safe and comfortable uh, and I'm getting nowhere, uh, right. but I'm really safe and comfortable. And then all of a sudden the bottom drops out of some part of your life. Your wife leaves you or your business shuts down or you're, you know, the guy next to you gets the promotion because he's willing to promote himself. And so just knowing that, that those steps that you take that are uncomfortable, that, that you're using comfort to restore your energy so you can go be uncomfortable again is how you grow. It's just like building a muscle. If you're, you know, if you're going to, you, you, the most important thing to do it, it, when you're doing reps is the last two reps, right? Mm. Is the ones where you fail, right? Because you did 12 and you can't do 13. Now that's, that's how you know you did enough is you're aiming for failure. So start to think about that in your, in your life as well as if you're, if you strain yourself to aim for survivable failure, you'll get stronger, you'll get smarter, you'll get more successful. No, that's awesome. And I think that's a super great way to, you know, really look at it. Because I, th I think that's you know, definitely important. And we hear a lot of different things like, you know, trying to get people to be able to do it. And they're just like, Oh, but you know, I just feel more comfortable here. You know, I'm, I'm safe here, like you said. So guys, I hope you guys are really listening to what Fred's talking about today. And, you know, whether it's, you know, some of the challenges that he went through in his businesses that you may be able to definitely relate to, as well as then, you know, where are you at? Are you playing it safe? Are you, you kind of sitting on the sidelines? Or are you taking, are you stepping up and, you know, becoming bold and, and really going after what you, you know, uh, have out there. You know, he lays it out in his new book, Super Bold. Um, you can grab it on Amazon and, and everywhere else. Um, and you know, he breaks it all down through his pride method um, into different five steps that's going to allow you to be able to uh, create that superpower of boldness in your life. So super excited. Uh, Fred, uh, we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, what's something you're like, man, I hope Josh was going to ask me this question, or I really want to make sure I share it with everybody before we wrap up today. Well, uh, a lot of people ask, well, how do I get started? Like if I'm trying to build my boldness muscle and I'm too cheap mm. to read your book and I never read, I don't read books. I don't listen to books. I don't do any of that stuff. How do I start? What's, what's the hack for your book? It's like, no, the book is the hack, right? <laughs> but, but, but okay, how do I hack the hack? So I just say, talk to a stranger every day. Mm. Start to just, just say hi, introduce yourself, pay him a compliment and walk away. Just don't go to bed without having done it every single day and you'll start to build that boldness muscle and you'll say, wow, I'm starting to get it. I'm getting that whatever happens, they don't smile back or they say hi or it turns into a 45 minute conversation, which I just did this recently. It, you know, just 
not having a, a long, anticipating a long conversation, I got into an hour long conversation with this very attractive young woman. And just because I, I offered her a compliment, but I had no agenda. My agenda right. was to offer the compliment. And that was it. I call it a drive by compliment. So <laughs> talk to a stranger every day with no agenda. And that will start to build your muscle. And then read the damn book. Yeah. And wh where, where can they go grab a copy of the book at? Okay. So it's on Amazon uh, and it's hardcover, audible with me reading it and Kindle. So, and the Kindle right now is a dollar. I'm keeping it at a dollar because I want people to have the book. I'm not trying to get rich on the book. I want to do keynotes and workshops and stuff like that. That That's where my rev stream is from the, you don't get rich on books anymore anyway, but I want people to have the books. I, I want to create a boldness movement and you can always go to fredjoyle.com. You can see an hour long lecture on boldness there. You can download the first chapter of the book. You can see all sorts of stuff. So Fred Joyle, J O Y A L.com, no dots or dashes. And that's what I am on LinkedIn and Facebook and everything. Fred Joyle everywhere. Awesome. Guys, make sure you guys go out, grab the book. It's got tons of amazing insights in there. Uh, I've read through it and it, it, it's really going to help you just become a better version of who you are, as well as it's great to help, you know, teach your kids. I mean, I, I listen to audiobooks all the time when my kids and I are driving to martial arts and, you know, they take actions from all these different things. And so, um, you know, implement this in your life, you know, uh, and, and really take action on what Fred's talking about today. So Fred, again, thanks for coming on Making Bank. Really appreciate your time today and just an honor to have you on the show. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. I am Josh Felbert. You were watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.